The Way Out Podcast, episode 205. You're going to come out of this episode having a much better understanding of all of the risks and dangers involved with idolizing others in recovery or trying to become an idol in recovery. And you're going to have some practical things you can look for in yourself and others in order to ward against that. And I think most importantly, you'll understand some spiritual principles that we can work that will help us stay right-sized and Mm -hmm. help us stay humble. Amen. So... So that's if we're doing our jobs right. So let's let's do our jobs right. I asked God to get me out of the way. <laughs> Finding and hanging out with the people that have what you want, as I've talked about often, right. is critical. Yeah. Applying those things that have led to joy and serenity and sobriety and a quality recovery to your own recovery is perfectly healthy and they can guide us not only with suggestions and whatnot but you know just by the life that they live you know and like modeling uh for us in the way that they live you know what i mean like and that's that's awesome you want people like that around you for sure you absolutely do and you want to stick with the winners, as they say. We need to resist the urge or the temptation to put any one of these people that we look up to or that we respect or that we're modeling after to some extent or another on a pedestal. Yeah, no, because, yeah, and that, and that I think speaks to humility and not just, you know, we need to have humility within ourselves, but we also need to have that kind of attitude towards others because everyone's human and everyone has the capacity to make mistakes, you know? 100%. We're all human, which means we're flawed mm-hmm. and we're imperfect. Mm-hmm. And practicing humility in this instance means we do not subjugate ourselves to others we're no better and we're no worse anyone in recovery can relapse they may be saying all the right things but either do not genuinely believe it haven't done the work or at some point stopped doing the work and we won't know that a social media post doesn't tell us that right right and so it's very important to understand that what we see isn't always the reality welcome way out faithful and first timers to this week's installment of the way out podcast we appreciate your ears our mission is simple to bring you powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics so you can jumpstart or re-energize your recovery from alcoholism and addiction. The Way Out Podcast does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. The Way Out Podcast partners with All Recovery Rings and AllRecoveryRings.com, where you'll find stunning recovery rings made from your very own recovery coin. 
That's allrecoveryrings.com. The Way Out Podcast is a proud supporter of Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check us out on the web at www.wayoutcast.com. There you can subscribe to ensure you get the latest episodes first on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Help us recover out loud by giving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Your voice matters, so share your thoughts on recovery with us by calling us at 218-382-1960 or leaving a message with us on the Anchor app, available for Android and Apple. Every week, we'll be asking for your thoughts on next week's topic. Someone, somewhere, needs to hear your share. Finally, a word of caution. This podcast may contain strong language and mature content. Listener discretion is advised. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. Along with Jason, I'm Charlie, and in this edition of The Way Out, we're back with a serious recovery power topic, the dangers of idolizing others in recovery. The working title of this episode was a skosh more sensational but I digress. The desire to pedestalize others who seem to be working the perfect recovery program or that appear to be living the good life because of sobriety is quite natural. We hear phrases like stick with the winners and to a large extent that's sage advice. What becomes dangerous is when we raise these recovery rock stars to demigod-like status in our own minds. That's when the balance has officially tipped precariously too far in the wrong direction. I got better. Indeed, most of us got better by finding the people that had what we wanted and applying what worked for them to our own programs of recovery. Some of those things stuck and worked like spiritual and recovery magic while others fell by the wayside due to inefficacy or a lack of relevance. When we enable others to be launched into recovery superstardom, or conversely attempt to become recovery icons ourselves, that's the exact point in which we've crossed the God line. Right out of the gate, when we finally surrender to our addiction and or alcoholism, We admitted we were powerless. You and me. We. Then we went about the business of connecting to a power greater than us. That means I can't be my own higher power and neither can you. When we idolize another or quest to become idols ourselves, we're putting our faith in someone who's powerless over this disease. And that, my friends, is perhaps the greatest danger of all. 
That's precisely why we're going to dig deep into the how and why of it all as we provide practical tools to ward against this pitfall of recovery. Plus, we share feedback from the Sober and Serious community and take your calls. So listen up. Jason. Charlie. It has been a minute or two. Fuck yeah, dude. It's been a while. (laughs) What, like, I'd say like probably almost two months since we've done a topic. That is correct. Yeah. Lots of interviews. Dude, I'm really excited about this one. Me too, man. And we were talking prior to the show that I had an original title for this podcast and then I... Cooler heads prevailed, shall we say. <laughs> and I revised the show topic name. So the official show topic is the dangers of idolizing others in recovery. Yes. AKA, or in other words, rock stars in recovery relapse too. True that. And it's like if you put me on a pedestal, I'll piss all over you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all sorts of elements about getting pedestalized, enabling other people to be on a pedestal, and mm-hmm. how that can threaten our recovery. And the reason I wanted to do this topic, Jason, is because we live in an age more and more, especially because of social media, especially because right now we're in this crazy time where we're not even connecting a whole bunch in person, right? Right. We're connecting primarily through electronic methods, social media being probably the biggest method in social media is tailor made for uh, for pedestalizing people right. and putting people on pedestals not that that we can't do that in real life and we do and we can so we'll talk about that we're going to talk about the dangers of idolizing others in recovery or trying to become idols ourselves right in recovery and we're going to talk through a whole bunch of elements. And really underneath this is a lot of, uh, a lot of spiritual principles that we can address as a part of our recovery programs right. and recovery toolkits. Well, I mean, they talk about, you know, how pride and ego are, are the enemy, right? And especially to those of us who are trying to get well. And so it's like, yeah. If you're, if you're trying to be an idol, then you're obviously full of pride. You know what I mean? And you think that you're the bee's knees. <laughs> so we got a ton of phone calls. We got a ton of comments from the sober and serious community on this topic. If we do our jobs here right, then you're going to come out of this episode having a much better understanding of all of the risks and dangers involved with idolizing others in recovery or trying to become an idol in recovery. 
and you're going to have some practical things you can look for in yourself and others in order to ward against that. And I think most importantly, you'll understand some spiritual principles that we can work that will help us stay right-sized and Mm. help us stay humble. Amen, dude. So... So that's if we're doing our jobs right. So let's let's do our jobs right. I asked God to get me out of the way. <laughs> that, you know, is, that is. I always pray before. I always ask that same thing. Hundred like, yeah. percent. Let's 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 get out of the way and let's let our higher power speak Amen. through this episode. So the first thing I think to recognize is that it's perfectly healthy to look up to people in and out of recovery. Absolutely healthy. Finding and hanging out with the people that have what you want, as I've talked about often, is critical. Yeah. Applying those things that have led to joy and serenity and sobriety and equality recovery to your own recovery is perfectly healthy. And they can guide us not only with suggestions and whatnot, but you know, just by the life that they live, you know, and like modeling uh, for us in the way that they live, you know what I mean? Like, and that's, that's awesome. You want people like that around you for sure. You absolutely do. And you want to stick with the winners as they say, Mm. right? You want to hang around with the people that, are living a life that you want. Because it's often said, and I think it's extremely true, we are a combination of the people we hang out with the most. For sure. Right? Yeah. Yep. And that's why as you progress in this journey, you know, you're going to change. You know, you you might look up to somebody for a while in the beginning and then maybe you outgrow them or after you spend enough time with them, you know, you, you realize that their walk doesn't really match their talk or maybe they're super egotistical or judgmental of others or whatever the case may be. Um, as you continue to practice these principles and do this work, you're going to, those things will become more apparent, right? You know what I mean? So absolutely. And I think that's really important, Jason, what you just said right there, which is we absolutely cannot grow people. And that's not a bad thing. It's not something that I need to feel guilty for. Or or egotistical about. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Like higher than, holier than thou about. I did that right away. When I got sober, there was people that I literally immediately outgrew because I was sober and they were not. right? Right. And that was a life or death situation for me in the beginning. So that was pretty easy to, 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 I can't be with these, you know, but as, as I continue my own path, absolutely. There's, there's been numerous instances where I need to adjust the people that I'm hanging out with so that I continue to grow and I continue to uh, progress in my recovery. Absolutely. Yeah. That's natural. Natural progression. It is indeed. The one thing that 
I think is really important to understand, however, is we need to resist the urge or the temptation to put any one of these people that we look up to or that we respect or that we're modeling after to some extent or another on a pedestal. Yeah, no, because, yeah, and that, and that I think speaks to humility and not just, you know, we need to have humility within ourselves, but we also need to have that kind of attitude towards others because everyone's human and everyone has the capacity to make mistakes, you know? 100%. We're all human, which means we're flawed mm-hmm. and we're imperfect. Right. And practicing humility in this instance, means we do not subjugate ourselves to others. We're no better and we're no worse than anyone else. There may be folks that have what we want and that we are uh, looking toward as an example, as a positive example. And there may be people that are looking to us as positive examples it does not make me better or worse than anybody else and if i'm practicing that humility piece then that's really going to come more naturally right i i you know the urge to think that you know i'm a piece of shit and they're amazing (laughs) right isn't isn't there if i'm practicing humility right Right. And I would, I would also say, I think that it would be an important point to make that like putting somebody on a pedestal is a completely different, um, it's completely different than encouraging someone, right? Like, because even the strongest people in the recovery community, or I should say the seemingly strongest, because, you know, we can't step inside other people's heads. We don't know the struggles they deal with day to day. So even the people that seem the strongest have that, you know, have their own struggles and things that they're working through and growing and trying to move past. So encouragement's huge. It's important. And it's not the same thing as putting people on a pedestal. You know, I'm not saying don't go around and like build people up or pump people up or, or, you know what I mean? Or, or sing praises uh, to, to people because that's, that's good. And that's great. But I think it's just a, there's a fine line too. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. There's a fine line between, you know, making somebody a, a demigod of recovery yeah. versus saying, keep up the good work, keep coming back, keep doing what you're doing. Right. And that's a right. different deal. Right. Um, anyone in recovery can relapse no matter how amazing their sobriety appears to be. As you alluded to, Jason, sometimes it can be a facade. They may be saying all the right things, but either do not genuinely believe it, haven't done the work, or at some point stopped doing the work. And we won't know that. A social media post doesn't, doesn't tell us that, right? Right. And so it's very important to understand that the the what we see isn't always the reality. 
you know, just hearing you say that, it reminds me of so many things that I've seen happen in this journey, you know, mm-hmm. like with my first sponsor uh, who was had, you know, his ex-girlfriend had committed suicide and he, it was really hard on him. And then he relapsed a while after that and kind of disappeared. And then he tried to come back a couple of times, but every time he would kind of like disappear again, you know, and it, it's the same old story, you know, with the ghosting everyone and, and like absolutely t- and it, today he's still out there, you know, and then you're talking about people being in the room and, and talking a good talk. And I remember when you told your story, you know, and, and how you, that was kind of why you made this show, you know, because you, before you were like in the room and you were just repeating shit that you heard, you know, memorizing what people said, you were going for the power share and you were talking about a bunch of stuff that you didn't really have any personal experience, any deep, meaningful, uh, connection to what you were talking about and yeah it's like so so many people do that kind of shit you know what i mean it's a big part of why i do the show is to illuminate other people's recovery journeys and to illuminate the real work that's required in recovery the actions that are required in recovery in order for for me and for others as they share their own journey and what it takes for them on a daily in order to maintain their recovery. What does that real work look like? Instead of waxing poetic Mm -hmm. about steps I didn't work or principles I wasn't interested in practicing. Right. And I think it's so powerful too you know because it speaks to that that psychic change that paradigm shift that took place in you when you did do the work that you know you went from being a person who was literally the only reason you were listening before was to 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 uh, memorize what they said you know or pick out the gems so to speak uh but you didn't really care about those people's stories and now today you you want to hear more stories you know like that helps you in your recovery and and that you want to help you want to give practical information like your your heart changed from like I know it all to like I want to learn more. I want to, you know there's more to learn and I want to learn it. And that's just a complete 180, bro. Like 100%. that's beautiful, man. Yeah. Yeah. And and that humility piece and that genuine willingness for me to do the work and and learn. Right. Listen and learn from others who have also walked this path. And every person that we've had on this show, I've learned something from. Hell yeah. You know, some people I've learned more than one thing. Yeah, I've learned a ton from you. And, and so that's, it, it, that is, that's the aim. We have to resist the temptation to ascend to rock star recovery status ourselves as well, as you right. just talked on, Jason. And it's kind of going to happen, dude, anyway, you know, like, and by the way, I learned a lot from you too, but like, you know, I don't know about you, dude, and I'm sure you get the same thing from time to time, but like some people really, I mean, it's really apparent that they just fucking, they're almost starstruck, you know, and like when they get to know me and shit, but it's like, dude, every time like anybody makes a comment about me, like I'm so great. It brings that part of me out that doesn't know how to take a compliment, which I've been getting a lot better with, by the way. That's a, nope. And that's important work. 
Yeah, I've learned to say thank you to people when they compliment me. Good. 90% of the time now. But those are times when I'm like, you know what? No, man. Like, I ain't no different than you, bro. You know what I mean? I love talking to Charles or I love hearing other people tell their stories. Like I always tell people that, but I'm like, whenever I record any of that stuff, it's just, to me, it's, it's a personal thing. Like I'm, I'm here to have a conversation with you right now and I'm not thinking about who's out there listening to this, you know, and that's why I can do it. If I sat here every time and was like, Ooh, it's showtime (laughs) Uh, pop my collar and fucking shit. You know, I would be, you know, doing like, like that, I would just be sitting here trying to wax poetic and thinking about how many listeners we can get if I do this or do that, you know, and then I'm going to miss out on the message here, you know, like the things that the callers bring to the table, the things that you bring to the table, your show prep is always so amazing. I always learn a ton from your show prep, you know, and like that, that's what this is about, man. It's giving back and it's, and it's helping me, you know, and that's what this is about. And we are absolutely not trying to become famous in an anonymous program. What we're trying to do is we're trying to help people. And in the process, we also learn and grow in our own recoveries. So this is a give and take what we're doing here on this show. Our listeners give to us. They call. They give us feedback. And we... Uh, we give you uh, everything we can uh, on each one of these episodes. So having people, even it's even if it's a lot of people, view us or someone as sobriety ninjas, Jason, <laughs> does not enhance our recovery. So let me just repeat that. A, a lot of followers or a lot of listeners or a lot of downloads does not enhance my recovery. No. Okay. Nor does it immunize me <laughs> from a relapse. Oh, hell no. Okay. That could be, that could be me. That could be you. Fuck. Yeah. You know, recovery rock stars can relapse too. You know, it's like, And that is one of the main points I'm trying to get across here is being notable, being a notable personality in recovery. Whether you got a podcast, whether you have 50,000 Instagram followers, whether you wrote a recovery memoir, Whether you have a recovery YouTube show, does not immunize you Mm -hmm. against relapse. The only thing that immunizes me against relapse on a daily basis is the work that I have to do on a regular and consistent basis in my recovery. That Mm -hmm. is what keeps me well right that's what keeps me sober right and those things are actually quite contrary to the things that it takes to become a recovery rock star right i have to be humble and i have to 
be willing to be right sized and get out of the way and uh, not look to uh, promote first and help second. Right. Right. Those are the things that for me keep me well. And so it's a, it's a, it's a, an important thing for me. And I think for you too, to ensure that we're putting, I'm putting my recovery first here in, in, uh, on a day in and day out basis. Uh, and whatever comes in terms of, uh, the rest of it, that's in, that's in my higher powers hands, man. That's that, that's that, that I get to, you know, um, I give over to my higher power, right? Amen, man. And you know, I think what's cool, if you think about it, getting back to the whole, you know, putting people on a pedestal thing, right? Like I know earlier on, I kind of did, I did that more. And as a result, I've had to deal with this, you know, happening a number of times in my recovery where mm. people that I really, really, really looked up to and I thought they could not fall fell and thank God I did dig in thank God that I did do all the work and that I continue to do the work because if it wasn't for that I probably would have gave up because they gave up you know I probably would have went and chased them down and tried to pull them out of the fire and ended up high with them you know what I mean but I didn't do that because I I, you know, I leaned on my other supports. I luckily I, I developed a good solid network around me. So, you know, a bunch can fall off, but I still got a bunch more standing that are there, you know, that can help pick me up or help me process through those things. And, but the beautiful thing, man, is if you can manage to get through that without falling off yourself, um, you know, cause those people, you looked up to them for a reason, right? They had all this awesome recovery, all this awesome wisdom. And guess what? Even though they went back out there, they still have all that stuff in their head, you know, and in their heart. And it eats at them, dude. It ruins your high. It ruins your drunk. So eventually they come back, you know, and they come back generally with the tail between the legs and they got a lot of shame. It's probably one of the hardest things to come back through the doors than it is to first walk in through the fucking doors. And you can be there non-judgmental open arms love for them nothing but love you know it's like they never left and you can help them get their shit back together you know what i mean and that's that's awesome that's why it's so important for us to stay clean through those things you know what i mean absolutely the things that these folks said while they were sober and that were helping keep them sober they're not invalidated because they relapse Correct. There could be a variety of reasons why they relapsed, like we alluded to, or like we not alluded to, like we stated before. You know, maybe they didn't genuinely believe it, but didn't mean it wasn't true. Maybe they didn't do the work, or maybe they stopped doing the work. It doesn't mean what they said and what they did isn't valid at all. And it's easy to feel disillusioned when we put somebody up on a pedestal and they fall. 
right like maybe you think all of a sudden like it was all a lie (laughs) you know like i don't trust them anymore and now it's going to affect my ability to trust anyone right and if they could relapse jesus i thought they had everything right and 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 i i I, then clearly i don't have a prayer right like i thought they were going to stay sober forever because they had this amazing program Right. Right. Or because, you know, they were, you know, recovery rock stars on the social media. Um, And now they relapsed. And now I'm disillusioned. Like I think and and I now have my my confidence is shaken because I had all this confidence in this person and they relapsed. So it's important for us to understand that we need to build confidence in ourselves, right? Or and I we think need- another another thing is that, you know, because a lot of people, you know, we don't have any concept of like a real higher power, right? And then you meet you meet somebody like this and they kind of become your higher power. Boom. You think as long as I got him Boom. or her, I can, I can do this, you know? And now they just fucked up, <laughs> you know? And it's like... Yep, though it's like the freaking very foundation of your recovery. Just like you said, I think shook is a great word for that. You know, it it just kind of crumbles under you. It really does, and that's really instructive in terms of what we're doing if we're working the twelve steps. Is that we're finding a higher power, and some but some folks will say there's only one rule. I say there's two. Some folks there says there's only one rule about a higher power. It just can't be you. I say right. it can't be you or anybody else. Yeah. Though there's two rules for me about a higher power. It can't be me and it can't be another human being. Exactly. Dude, that's that is instructive right there. Hell yeah. Whatever else is fine, just don't make it yourself or another person because we fail. <laughs> we human beings. Do. Yep, fallible. And when we need to ward against, and this is something, Jason, like you said, when uh, often I've shared about prior attempts at recovery and all I was interested was in was mining the gems that other people spewed out and then regurgitating them right. in a power share, right? I, this is about checking motives, right? So, mm-hmm. so if, I've, if I'm in recovery, maybe I'm new in recovery, I'm on the pink line. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I've had multiple years of recovery. Regardless, I need to check my motives when I speak at a 12-step meeting or a recovery meeting or at a group. Why am I saying what I'm saying? Is it to get people to like me or to try to impress people? Or am I trying to work on my program? Am I trying to get better? Or am I trying to get others to believe I'm fucking amazing? Right? Blow minds. Man. 100%. So that's a motive check, right? Right. So we've talked about humility being an important part of this. So is checking our motives. Yeah. I need to check my motives regularly, man, when For I go sure. to a 12 step meeting. That I'm speaking honestly and genuinely and humbly, and that I'm my goal is to enhance my recovery, right. not to get a bunch of people in a 12 step meeting thinking I'm a recovery god, right? You know, and walking Absolutely. out like I just blew some fucking minds back there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, in addition. 
a motive check applies to why am I doing what I'm doing in recovery? Am I doing it for praise and adulation? Or because I'm truly trying to live in a different way. My sponsor famously had me for what feels like an eternity do something nice for somebody, a good deed. And if I told anybody about it, it didn't count. Oh, and yeah. that's that motive check. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Right? Right. Am I doing it because I want pats on the back? And so, or, or praise, or am I, or, or to be viewed as this recovery icon? Or am I doing it because I'm really truly trying to live in a different way? Right. Is it genuine care and concern for another human being? Or is it me trying to, you know, boost my social standing by saying, look at how cool or what a great guy I am, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, so, so ask, asking myself that is an extremely useful tool. Yeah. And a motive check is an extremely useful tool before I say or do something. Mm -hmm. And prevents me from veering off that path into a place where I'm seeking praise and seeking affirmation and seeking for people to view me as bigger than I am, greater than I am, better than I am, right? Mm -hmm. And in the age of social media, man, the desire to become a sober superstar, you know, or to enable somebody else to become a recovery rock star perhaps hasn't been greater, especially right now in the middle of a pandemic, right? right? So we have to be mindful that social media is somebody else's highlight reel, right? And we need to resist the urge to compare our insides yeah. to somebody else's highlight reel. Exactly. You can't even call it somebody else's outsides because, like you said, it's a highlight reel. It's like the, the best snapshots that they can present most of the time. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some people out there that are, that are really real. gen genuine online. That are real with it. No yes, they're real with it. That's true. But the vast yeah. majority... Right? Yep. It's a highlight reel. For sure. And speaking of highlight reels, we have the highlight reel of recovery wisdom coming on some sober and serious feedback. Time now to hear what the Sober and Serious community says about this week's topic. Every week, we share select responses to the weekly show topic, which is posted every Wednesday as the topic of the day on Sober and Serious on Facebook. Your experience, strength, and hope continue to amaze and inspire. So keep up the great work, you guys. Nice segue, by the way. <laughs> You're like, speaking of highlight reels, I was like, yes. <laughs> Just fucking. Thank you, my it, friend. Thank it you. It was impressive. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Loved it. The topic of the day was, has someone that was a role model for you in recovery, whose sobriety looked solid, relapse? And how did it affect you? 
MS said, I wish this was a topic on the Way Out podcast. I'd have something to say about that. Well, MS, your wish is come true. MC says, we are all the same distance from the ditch. Look up to no one because we are all equal, no matter how far down the road we are. There are no heroes, only folks that have made more daily decisions to say not today than you. Right. Take what you like and leave the rest. Amen. Or that Good reminds advice. me of like when people say the only person here with more clean time is whoever got up earlier this morning. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I, I like that good. because it is, it's, I got today and I ain't done with it yet. So I can't even say that I like got through today until tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? hundred percent. That's good stuff. The, the longer I'm sober, the more that feels true to me, you know? For sure, dude. TB says, my first sponsor was clean. By the way, by the way, we use initials to protect the innocent. That's right. My first sponsor was clean from alcohol, but got high and took pills. Made my life worse. Which, like you talked about, Jason, having a sponsor relapse is... A, a thing that happens because they're Mm. also in recovery and they also have a program to work and not all sponsors uh, are working a good program. That's just the reality of it. And even if they, they are, they can do a whole bunch of, we all can relapse. Right. So that, that is a part of it. T M. No, but a guy that had 32 years of sobriety sponsored a lot of folks and was very well-liked, committed suicide. And that was so sad. He Mm. was sober when he did it. He suffered from serious depression. That is still a mystery to me and many others. I think people who relapse, no matter how many years sober, are basically hanging around the wrong people and not going to meetings. It's a simple program, but you got to work it. Right. Yeah, well said. And you know what? That's the other elephant in the room here, right, is... It's not just about relapse. Right. There's a whole slew of whether it's mental health, whether it's other compulsions or addictions and behaviors that right. I can fall into. Maybe it's you know, uh, you know, uh, cheating on your your spouse or whatever it is. There's a Old whole behaviors, right? Right. Well, you know, I've I've heard a lot of people actually um, say that that's still it is, it's one and the same, that that is relapse. It's a, it's a reoccurrence of old behaviors. It's a reoccurrence of old attitudes, beliefs, uh, you know, whatever behaviors. So, I mean, it could be considered a relapse as well, even though it's not, um, you know, using of a substance type deal. Yeah. And because you're right, it is a definite reoccurrence and reemergence of addictive behavior yeah pleasure seeking escape seeking behavior right absolutely it is very sad though very sad yeah like it's what what's one of the biggest things they teach us around here you know it's that we can't do this alone that isolation you know, everything festers in the dark and grows in the dark, but it's it's destroyed by the light. And yet that phone still weighs a million pounds and people still have a hard time asking for help. <laughs> and 
It's a and thing. Sunlight you know? is a tremendous disinfectant, is it not? Yeah. And it's, it's so easy to forget, you know? It is. MF says, I think what's even sadder is when someone seems so solid, like they have great recovery, then they do something creepy or turn out to be a predator preying on newcomers. I've seen it so many times. Mm. We just talked about that, right? Yep. Absolutely. 100%. That, that they appear to have this pristine recovery program and then you learn. And, and again, we're all human. We're all flawed. We're all, you know, and some of us, some of us by the way, in recovery, it, alert the media, the Lindbergh baby has been stolen. Re- the rooms of recovery, 12-step and otherwise, are not a bastion of emotionally and mentally well people all the time. <laughs> okay. So true. There's going to be some creepy people uh, there. There's going to be some... a, They can do the power share, or maybe they're really good at uh, putting together a really sweet fucking highlight reel on so- socials. Um, and that's why I think. And then you know, they can be deeply fucking flawed. Right? Fellowship, like, that's one thing about fellowship is that, you know, if you, if you do fellowship with individuals a few times, it doesn't take very long to see if they're, you know, walk matches their talk. It really doesn't. That's right. JP says, yeah, I've seen it. I learned from it. And it taught me that our disease does not discriminate. Amen. Well said. CJ, my sponsor, did. I was pretty stunned at first. We are all one dose away from relapse. Never forget that. SP says, my counselor at treatment did. It was heartbreaking because he had so many tools for me to look at when I was feeling defeated, down and out. But then again, we're all addicts. And no matter if you have one day or a hundred years, if we give into our will and give up gods, we're all only one bad thought, drink, or drug from a full-blown relapse. Take what you've learned from that person and use it if it's been helping you no matter where they're at. It's still good advice and has hopefully kept you sober thus far. SP, super well said. You know, we had a tremendous interview from you, Jason, about a gal who, who worked in recovery. And one of my most searing and favorite lines from that interview was it Katie Yeah, said I mistook working in recovery for working my recovery right they're not the same nope. they are not the same I actually told her about and I can't remember if I said it in the interview or after the interview so I'll say it here but um, if you go to William White Papers dot I think it's .org, William White Papers. Yes. He, he writes, he's got a lot of blog entries on that website, and there is one that's entitled, uh, it's something, the title is something like, Working in the Recovery Field is Not a Substitute for Working a Program of Recovery, and it talks about just that at great length. It's a really good article. Highly recommend it for anybody who's in recovery and also works in the field of recovery to read that and just that paradigm is important to understand. 
and keep really front is. of mind if you're one that's working in the field of recovery, that that is not a substitute for working your own recovery program. And self-care is paramount for those who work in the field of recovery. Absolutely is. KC says, yep, and it reminds me to stay vigilant in my recovery. If I stop doing what I'm doing, I'm in trouble. And last, but certainly not least, WP. No relapse, never met the guy, but I admire KC. There's no quitting this guy. He never wavers, always there to help whoever's selfless. Same with LQ. Mm -hmm. Could have quit countless times, both stayed true to themselves. So good perspective there to have role models in recovery, but not to pedestalize them, right? Right, right. Totally. I mean, it's, it's, it's so key. We got to keep, we got to remember to keep our focus on, on the work that we need to do. Right. You know, that's a reason that the 12th tradition states principles before personalities. If we're looking at other people's personalities and we want to be like them or whatever, uh, then we're not really doing the deep inner work to find out who the hell we are. Are we, you know what I mean? That's right. I mean, the reality of my experience is that folks who have long-term sobriety and by all appearances have a solid program can and do relapse as well as fall victim to all sorts of other problems, if not addressed. That's why the we of recovery is so important. I can and do look to individuals who have what I want. Well, being mindful that no one individual has all the answers or is the perfect model of recovery, the 12 steps, the God of my understanding, and the collective recovery community all inform what my recovery looks like. Mm -hmm. So it is a collective piece, right? I'm not looking to one specific individual to be the source of my recovery wisdom, right? I draw from a multitude of sources to help inform my recovery journey. I continue to do that. And, and, and I will continue to do that. Right. And the people that I draw from change as I grow in my own recovery. And as I right. progress in my own recovery, and that's the way it's supposed to be. It's like my grand, my grand sponsor. He always says, you know, get your sifter out, <laughs> get your sifter out, you know, be like, oh, I like that one. Keep that. Yeah, I'm going to put rest. this one over here. Yep, 100%. Yep. We got a bucket load of calls, man. Let's hear them. It's time once again to take some calls from the Way Out podcast listening audience. If you want to call the show, you can call 218-382-1960 and leave us a message on the current week's topic. Your calls make a real difference. So we here at the Way Out podcast extend a heartfelt thank you for your contribution. So let's bring on the calls. It's been a minute since I've gotten the magic calling machine up and running during a show. Right. Yeah, we got like, yeah, we got five. I think we got six, but two might be from the same individual. So that's cool. That's fine. If you got some serious experience, strength, and help, call back. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah, our I- voicemail limits you to three minutes. I don't want to limit you to three minutes. 
Amen, dude. And I say that every, every greeting, you know, when I'm breaking it down and letting them know what the topic is, I'm always like, it's going to cut you off at three minutes. So if you get cut off, call back, finish what you got to say. We'll share it on the show. We got Peter. Hey guys, this is Peter Cohn. Um, and, uh, so the topic is, uh, <clears throat> idolizing people in recovery and the dangers of that. And, uh, you know, it's it's a pretty significant danger because, um, you know, what I realized when, when I got into recovery was that the main thing, the first thing I realized was that I I did not have the power to stop drinking and using, right? So, um, and, and, and I had the power to do a lot of other things. You know, as a high school dropout, and as a high school dropout, I got into a successful career. I made a lot of money at a house. I had multiple vehicles. I had a beautiful fiance. I did that all with my power. Um, but when it came to putting down booze and drugs, I had no power. And so what I found out in recovery and the 12 steps in, in the book of, of Alcoholics Anonymous specifically is that I needed power greater than myself to restore me to sanity. And, and, and I needed a higher power. And, and it, it, there's no, there's no person out there that's a higher power than me. And, and me myself, I'm, I'm no higher of a power than any one individual out there. Okay. You know, that's, that's the thing. And, and so I can't stay sober thinking I have that power or that any other individual has that power. Now, if there's, if there's two or three alcoholics in a room, can I say that they are a power greater than myself? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. But, but there's no one person out there who has the power sufficient outside of a higher power uh, to, to restore me to sanity. And, and so when we find these people who, <clears throat> who, are, who are working this program and they, and they seem – you know, like they've got everything going on. They've got everything that you want. By all, by all means, you know, you know, try to aspire to do the things that they're doing and, and take their advice. But, you know, just be wary. If, if they're telling you, you know, and, and micromanaging you and, and telling you you have to do this, you have to do that, um, you know, just ask yourself, what are they, why are they trying to sell me something here? Because when I work with people, I, I don't sell them on anything. I, I tell them what works for me, and I tell, I tell them if they want to do that, I will take them through that process. And if they don't, then they can walk away. But um, if, somebody, if it sounds like somebody's trying to sell you something, they probably are. And, and there's nobody in this program that's greater than anyone else in this program um, ever. Um, we are all individuals. We are all fallible. We are all prone to making mistakes. Um, and we're also all capable of rising above those mistakes, but we need a power greater than ourselves. Here's the second part. Okay, so that's the first time I've ever got cut off, <laughs> which means I must have been excited about what I was talking about. This is Peter calling back. Um, just to, to, to close on what I was saying before, um, there, there's no one individual who's an addict or an alcoholic that has the power within themselves to defeat their alcoholism or addiction. Okay. So I don't have that, but neither does anyone else in any room that I ever go to who's in recovery. There's no single person out there who has enough power to help me. But two or three alcoholics and addicts, 
Yeah, they do. They, they are a power greater than myself. Okay. I can say that. Uh, for me, what I needed was I needed God. Um, I, I choose to call my higher power God, a power greater than myself, because I didn't have the power to fight my addiction. So it, it's, it's, it's easy to, 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 to fall into the trap of finding somebody who really seems like they have their shit together in recovery and, and admiring them and wanting to be like them and then just saying, I will do whatever you tell me to do. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If all they're telling you to do is what's in the books, uh, uh, the book of Alcoholics Anonymous or, or the, the basic text of Narcotics Anonymous, the 12-step program, if that's all they're telling you, then, yeah, if you do that, you're going to get well. If you're an addict or an alcoholic, you, you're going you're gonna to recover. But um, anybody who, who wants you to who wants to try to micromanage you and tell you that you can't date people or, you know, that kind of nonsense or, you know, you can't have this kind of job or just walk away. Because if, if it seems that they're trying to sell you something, they probably are. So, yeah, uh, we shouldn't worship anybody. We shouldn't. And, and, and the rock stars in recovery don't fall. The true rock stars in recovery don't relapse. Okay. If they're practicing a program of recovery, they don't relapse ever. The only time anybody ever relapses is when they stop working a program of recovery. And that does not make them rock stars. It makes them human. Peace. I love it when I, for one, love it when Peter gets fired up. So thank you, Peter, yeah. so much I've, for calling. I imagine him dropping a microphone when he said the end. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> Deuces. Very Boom. good, man. Very good, though. One Thank of the things you, I really think is instructive in what Peter just spoke on was this idea that we can use a group, a recovery group, as our higher power. And that works for a lot of people, right? So, so as long as, and, and I'll add this, as long as, that group isn't tied to specific individuals that I am saying the group as any group can be my higher power. The, the collective, right? Is my higher power, right? Because groups can go south too, right? So, oh, yeah. right. So, so if I'm saying the AA if they group start following is, the leader, you know, because then they're doing exactly what we're talking, cautioning people against doing. Right. So if I'm talking about the group as a general term, rather than a specific group of people that, that those people, Bob, Jim, and Joe, are my higher power, I would, I would advise against that. Right. Right? But I just but, know, like, for me in the beginning, that was my higher power was the, the people in the rooms, you know? That's right. And, that's but, and it did work good. And it does, man. And it works for a lot of people. And if it works for you, you keep doing it. Right? right. And what most people find is they, they that's ends up being – sort of that first step into a uh, a growing concept of a higher power, right? Well, and I think the real important whole aspect of that was that I was open-minded enough to listen to their stories and try to learn from their experience instead of the way it always was in my life where I'd be like, oh, that ain't going to happen to me because I'm smarter, better, faster, stronger, you know? And then the willingness to follow their suggestions, you know what I mean? And to keep showing up. And to keep my mouth shut and my ears open twice as much, you know, and like those, 
So maybe it wasn't so much them, but it was like that willingness piece and just that change from, I know I'm not like these people to actually trying to see myself in what they talked about and learn from what they were telling me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. We got buddy. Hey guys, this is buddy C. Um, appreciate all the work you guys do. As far as Likewise. this goes, I think this is why anonymity is so important because sobriety is not about us. It's nothing personal even. The way I surrendered and what I did was not unique to me. Anyone could get recovery, I think, if they did what I did. So it's not important who I am. What's important is what I did. Mm. So if I keep the focus off of me, just like sponsors go out, you know, people who we see in media or that do podcasts go out, you know, people, uh, people drink because it's our nature if we get back in charge and in control. And if we idolize people, those egos are very difficult to keep in check. And it's, it's easy, uh, to start running the show again. And when we start running the show again, if I start doing that, then my surrender, if my surrender is gone, uh, I will end up drinking again. Because I won't relief more than I will, um, more than I have the self will to do this. Because if I'm surrendered and my self will, um, I don't have to depend on. Them. So, uh, great topic. That's that's why it's so important that I focus on the solution. Uh, that that I don't get my sponsees sober, nor do I make them drink. Uh, I just share what I did, um, and I am just not the important part in this thing. No matter what it is I'm doing or, or who compliments about things, um, I'm still not the important part. What's important is the message that's sent. The message is what does the work. It's not me. Um, anyone that shared the same message would get the same result. So it helps to keep me humble and uh, keep me at a place of surrender because uh, if I'm talking about me, I'm not talking about the solution. So uh, Thanks, guys. Have a great episode. See ya. The reality that Buddy just revealed here is it's not about any one of us, right? It's about the universal spiritual principles that lead to recovery and lead to serenity and lead to us getting well, right? Regardless of who we are, right? Amen. But I will say this though, man, like buddy, I'm, I'm grateful that you're one of the ones that's willing, been willing to step forward and try the best you can to share that message because you have a unique way of presenting it. I always enjoy listening to you and, and the way that you, uh, your thoughts formulate around recovery related, uh, topics. And, you know, I, I just know that, a lot of people aren't willing to do this. You know what I mean? So I, I just want to say thanks for your service, man. Absolutely. I second that uh, buddy. You're, you're, you're a dear friend. And I always learn something from every time, <laughs> every single time, man, every single time. So thank you, buddy. So much. We got Tim. Great topic. I believe this is something that affects a lot of us in recovery. My name is Timothy, and I'm a grateful member of 
two 12-step programs, Friend of Bill and Friend of Lois. Idolizing others in recovery. You know, I think before I came into recovery, I learned about not putting human beings on pedestals. But then there's a flip side of it where we put ourselves on the anti-pedestal, where we push God out of our lives. God, as I understand God, is, you know, a higher power that loves everyone unconditionally and uh, has our best interest at heart at all times with all things. And, you know, when I put God in place of my problems, my problems dissipate. And if I put my life and my will into the hands of my creator, then it's not possible to put someone on a pedestal in recovery because their recovery belongs to the one that helped them walk on water, if you will. A metaphor, a symbolism of living in the miracle. So any thing that happens good in any of our lives is more to God's credit than it is to our own. But, of course, we did say yes. We did allow it. So that, to me, is a way of removing the dangers of idolizing. I really like step six, where we're willing to let God remove all of our defects of character, which means that I don't need to do it myself, and likewise for anyone else. It, the same truth is true for them as it is for me, and there is one who has all power again. All roads lead back to that, to our personal powerlessness, which gives us maximum power. And the more we are in our own way or the more we are upset with another human being for anything that is also idolizing, if you will. And it's not just about recovery because 99% of our lives in recovery happen outside of the rooms where we get to talk with each other. So thanks for picking up this topic, y'all. Peace out. Love you. Love you too, brother. Tim, man, I love it. The, you said it right there. Step six says we became entirely ready to allow God to remove all these defects of character. It doesn't say I became 100% ready to allow Tim to remove my defects character, right? Absolutely, so, man. I, I, the first point. time I read that, I, I, I interpreted it as Charlie works really hard to remove his defects all by himself <laughs> without any help. Wow. That's yeah. A, yeah, it's not, not what it says. It's not at all. <laughs> no, it's not what it says. It's awesome, though. Dude, yeah. <laughs> it didn't work out very well. There was a lot of like, oh, why isn't this working? You know? Right. Because uh, so, yeah. it's not on our timeline. It's on his. <laughs> and it's a it's a lifelong process. Like, I think a lot of people interpret it that I became entirely ready to let God remove all my defects of character right now. Absolutely. Nope, it's not going to happen right now. <laughs> and I love the idea... Timothy, thank you so much, man. Love you too, brother. I love the idea that I can attribute the miracles that I see in other people to the God of my understanding rather than in holy of themselves because I believe that about myself, right? I know that God changes me. I know that the, my higher power, the God of my understanding, does for me what I cannot do for myself. 
that's been demonstrated over and over and over when I get out of the way and I afford my higher power that opportunity. Amen. The same is true when I see that in other people. That's my higher, that, that's the God of my understanding, man. Right. right? Well, it's kind of like that, like he alluded to, you know, too, it's, I don't have to do it. So I can drop that rock, right? I, I can let go of the need to control this process because I have no control over this process anyway. You know, I have no control over what Mike's just going to say on this here call. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey guys, Mike calling from Boston, Massachusetts. What's up, brother? What's going on? What's up? The wicked good program you got here. <laughs> hey, idolizing people in recovery. That's kind of, at the beginning, I remember being new to sobriety and thinking, wow, this guy really, you know, this guy or this guy really knows his stuff. And, and that's kind of where I've leveled off. I've never really idolized anybody. I have seen people who I really respect that slip and fall and, uh, you know, go back out. So um, that's very, uh, pardon the pun, sobering to see, you know, people who you uh, respect in recovery. And, but um, it's, it, that's the humility of the program. And um, I think if you can keep yourself humble and your expectations humble, and, uh, you know, you'll only look for people who will help you. Idolizing doesn't help. I've seen guys, um, you know, who enjoy the, being idolized. And, you know, and that's self-will run riot, you know. Uh, you know, keep your humility and um, don't forget, find, you know, in, in recovery, uh, find the people who have what you want and, and line yourselves up with those good folks. Um, all right, guys, I hope to see you wicked soon. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm glad to be calling in, glad to be talking to you guys. All right, guys, take it easy. See ya. Thanks, Mike. We miss your face, brother. So we're really excited for you to come back here to the Twin Cities to visit, and we'll definitely have to. He's moving hang here, out. bro. What? He's moving here, I think, in October or November or some shit. That is. That's going to be sweet. Wicked, wicked. I, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do fucking Boston accent. No, I, I got to practice. No, I want you to do that. Now, I want you to introduce our call from Mark in a Boston accent. That has to happen. We got this wicked call from Mark. Hi, my name is Mark. And um, the reason I'm calling is I feel when you start idolizing people in your recovery, you're actually taking away from your own recovery. Because recovery for people, each individual is has their own needs. And if you start idolizing others and trying to follow others in their recovery, you're taking away from the needs you need for yourself to build yourself up in your own recovery. With that mm. being said, you know, you're the only person in your recovery. Everybody around you, they're just there to help talk to you, help guide you, give you advice. But when you start idolizing and trying to follow them, you're not doing your own recovery. You're doing somebody else's recovery. And when you start working in somebody else's program, that's a quick way to fail in your own. Just mm. take the words as any way you want it. Take the meat, spit out the bones. Thank you. <laughs> Mark, that's nice. a great point although i really do believe that there's universal spiritual principles there's universal actions we all take and if we all take them these same actions we will get better that said 
absolutely what works for somebody in terms of, of a specific approach may not work for another person. So to completely duplicate somebody else's recovery program because it's working for them is not ideal in any way, shape, or form. So that's a great point. That's a super good point, man. Thank you. And I think I'm going to use that term, take the meat and spit out the bones. I'm using that shit with my friends. Thank you. <laughs> Last but not least, we have our friend, Alan S. Hello, Way Out Podcast. This is Alan S. calling uh, in, from Buffalo, Minnesota. Just calling on our topic about uh, recovery uh, superstars and the dangers inherent therein. Um, my experience is that, uh, there was a recovery superstar of sorts that went to my old home group that I went to, um, and this recovery superstar had been told her story one night and talked about how she had been sober for many, many years and had risen to the level where she got to represent, um, her 12-step fellowship at a national level. and. Um, at the end of the story, she ended going up, she ended up going back out and, um, I'm not sure I wasn't in her orbit when that happened, but what was very much a blessing for me was that she shared that experience of why she relapsed, um, at the, uh, at the speaker podium and, her reason why she relapsed, she feels, is that she forgot to ask for help and her ego wouldn't let her ask for help. She didn't think she was allowed to, air quotes. And when she shared that uh, with me when I was in the audience at about two years of sobriety, that really struck home with me because I saw myself in, in that same light that my ego, <laughs> my ego is still alive and well even though I'm in recovery. My ego says things like, I have to be the best sponsee that my sponsor has. Not only that, I have to be the best sponsee of all of the people, uh, all of the men that my uh, brother Pigeon sponsor. I mean, I have to be the best under the tree, maybe even better than my sponsor. That's my ego talking. And I remembered promising myself if I ever got to the point where I needed to ask for help, I was going to. I wasn't going to let my ego get in the way. And at two and a half years of continuous sobriety, that exact same thing happened. And it happened because someone close to me who was human disappointed me. And in a big way. And I, and I didn't think my, <laughs> I didn't think that, um, I needed to ask my sponsor about it. I thought I could handle it. Um, I had a part in it. I was not a victim in the situation. Um, I was co-responsible for what happened. And literally it was on a Monday morning and I, had my phone in my hand and I had to make a decision. Do I, you know, do I call my sponsor or call uh, another person involved in this situation and really make their life miserable? And because of what this superstar shared at the podium about her relapse experience, I, I decided to ask for help. In my five and a half years of recovery, that was the hardest phone call I've ever had to make. I think my phone weighed about 20,000 pounds. But I'm glad I asked for help. And that was a valuable lesson for me. Learn from this rock star who had fallen uh, from, you know, a, a certain way of looking at it. But um, in my opinion, rose to new heights by by learning to be real and sharing her experiences and understanding that it's things that we talk about in recovery, like principles before personalities and, and humility and having a spiritual way of living 
um, and putting those things into better practice. So that was a positive story. Um, and then just in general on this topic, you know, I, I've had this, I've had the, my first sponsor fired me at about one year of sobriety when my ego came out. Um, I've had the same sponsor now. The second sponsor has been my sponsor for over four years. It's going really well. But you know, my, 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 I look at him as a superstar because he's got a lot of experiences from the men that have helped him out. He's been sober for 23 years and he's younger than me. But, um, I look at my sobriety as not dependent on him. And there may come a time because things are out of my control that, you know, that he may no longer be able to be my sponsor for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. And I've already got um, a list of three to four, a short list of three to four other men that I would ask to sponsor me that have currently have something I want. I may never ask them, but I have the list. My point being is that in the spirit of principles for personalities, my recovery is not dependent on my sponsor. My recovery is not dependent upon the men, the men that I sponsor, my sponsees. Um, it's dependent on me having a willingness to work a program, and I do for me. And that incident I had two and a half years ago that I mentioned was my was my definitive answer to the question, am I doing this for me? Yes, I'm doing it for me. Because if I was doing it for my loved ones in my family who sometimes disappoint me, um, it would, that would be a different story. So those are my thoughts. It's a great topic. Um, wanted to give a shout out to Clancy I, one of our superstars who just got who just passed away at age ninety three. I love listening to his CDs in twelve steps. So if you haven't listened to him, please do. I also do Smart Recovery. I facilitate a meeting Sunday nights at nine eight nine PM Central Time under the name Sleepless in Seattle. Hope you all can join me and I may add this topic to our meeting in the near future. I think it's a great topic. So thanks, uh Way Out Podcast. You guys rock. All right, take care. Bye. Alan, thank you so much, brother, for a tremendous call. Serious experience, strength, and hope there. This was awesome. a tremendous show, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. And I missed you, man. I missed talking to you. It's been too long. Indeed it has. We will have more topic episodes coming in the not-too-distant future. We got some interviews coming in between here and there. And so I hope you enjoy those in the meantime. Everybody out in Way Out Podcast land, we will talk to you next time. Peace, guys. Love you. Thank you for being a part of The Way Out. We appreciate your ears. We're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week. So keep listening up. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, dot com. There you can subscribe to the Way Out podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time. And remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will.